And also, there's another big time coming up the week after Easter. Uh, I don't know if you may have received an email about this, so, but I want to kind of give you the best I can, the synopsis of it. Our church is a part of the Fellowship Network. This is a national and really international group that's been going on. Pastor Don and Miss Carol are some of the pillars. This church is a very important part of the Fellowship Network. It's headquartered in Dallas, Texas, but it's something that is, again, national and international. Uh, I have been asked to serve as the regional vice president, and so I'm leading the initiatives to have conferences in the area between D.C. over to Mississippi River and down to Florida. So you have kind of the southeast region that we are located within. And this year, we're doing something very special, partnering with the north central region. So we're going up towards the Cincinnati area right there on the river between uh, Kentucky and Ohio. And if you're familiar, the Ark encounter and the creation museum are right there and so there's a very gracious church that has agreed to host us um, and we're going to be there having a conference speakers coming out from chicago and this will be the week after easter you can sign up online to register there it's a free conference you will have to pay to to be a part of the uh, attractions that are there with the ark and the creation museum but we're going to take our bus up and it's going to be a time of fellowship of refreshment uh, after again after the easter season so you can find out more detail online but again, it's the week after Easter. We're leaving Monday, going out on the bus early, 8 o'clock in the morning, and we'll get in that night, get ready, and then the next day we'll go to the Creation Museum. The conference starts later that evening, and then we have Wednesday of different parts of a of really a fantastic, y'all remember Brother Mike Mandel that spoke here, a apologetics, powerful, interactive uh, time together that morning, and then that evening there will be another speaker. Pastor Harry Smith, who's the VP of the entire fellowship, will be opening up the conference that evening, and then Pastor Merrill, who's the VP in the North Central, will be speaking the next night. So we're super excited about what's all that's going to be happening. Uh, our church will go to the Ark on the way out Thursday morning. It's, it's on the direction coming home, so we'll, we'll get 30 minutes head start and uh, stop by and see the Ark and probably leave out shortly after lunch and be back later that night. So if you have more specific questions about these things, feel free to see me. If you check online, you'll see you can register there, and then it tells you to contact me anyway from the hotel. The hotel that we're staying at has a special group rate for us that I'd love to make sure that you are getting that special, no matter what size your room is, that there's a special price for you. Have the right dates and name and all those kind of things on that specific uh, hotel room. So again, this is happening April 18th through the 21st is, the, is that Thursday. This is right after Easter, and it's coming up quick. We're going to kind of set our mindset on getting the bus figured out and getting group tickets for the Ark and the Creation Museum March 20th. So we have about a month until we're going to try to figure out those kind of details. So bless you. We're so excited about that. We are going to have Children's Church now, and we're excited. I'm excited to go through Jonah through Nehemiah with the kids today, so it'll be a, a fun, interactive thing. But God bless you, and thank you, Pastor Don, as he comes to deliver the word. Tonight, we'll be giving out our financial report for the church. You contribute to the church. We would certainly like for you to be here and enjoy that. Be informative, and that keeps us accountable, keeps the church accountable. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. Three pastors in the South were having lunch in a diner. One said, you know, since summer started, I've been having trouble with bats in my loft and attic at the church. I've tried everything, noise, spray, 
cats. Nothing seems to scare them away. Another said, yeah, me too. I, I've got hundreds of bats living up in the belfry and the narthex attic. I've even had the place fumigated and they won't go away. The third pastor said, I baptized mine and made them members of the church. Haven't seen them since. I hope you have an outline. If you do not, they have those available for you. I would like for everyone to have an outline. And I want to start off by reading some scripture uh, that is found in St. Matthew chapter 24. In fact, much of the scripture that we will be using today is found in the book of Matthew chapters 24 and 25. Matthew 24, 43 through 51. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Verse 44, therefore you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. There's that word expect. We'll deal with watch, expect, and uh, be ready. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master uh, the, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him. And at that hour, he uh, is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The important thing here that God is saying in his word is for that you and I would be ready for his coming. Now let me read a little bit more a scripture from the 24th chapter, verses 37 through 39. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also the coming of the Son of Man be. He is speaking of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the scripture is. Uh, as you know, we're waiting for the rapture, and then seven years following the rapture, this is what is going to happen. Father, we love you today. Lord, I can speak, but you must anoint. We can hear, but you must speak to us, dear God, spiritually. Help us, dear God, that we will retain that that we hear. Bless, dear God, as we uh, just open our hearts to what thus saith the Lord. In Christ's name we pray, amen. 
In view of the second coming of the Lord, there are four snares to guard against. And I want to break them down. First of all is indifference, negligence, self-righteousness, and indolence, or simply laziness. It's found in Matthew 24 and 25. Today we look at the snare of indifference, the trap, the snare of indifference. A lack, and indifference is a lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern for something or someone. We're living in a society when indifference and heartlessness has become normative. The church is characterized by its indifference and getting too comfortable in its culture, and not only in the culture, but also in success. The world, listen to what Albert Einstein says, the world is a dangerous place, not because of those who do evil, but because of those who look on and do nothing. Indifference. The Penn State Scandal. This was written back in 2011 by an ESP senior writer. Penn State fired a coach who won 409 games more than any other coach in Division I college football history. Penn State fired a coach whose family had donated more than $4 million to the university, helping fund scholarships, faculty positions, and the construction of a library that bears his name. Penn State fired a coach who was never accused by the NCAA of breaking its rules in 46 seasons and whose players seemingly always graduated, fostering a belief that the Nittany Lions always did things the right way. Even as other major college football programs' reputations were sullied by salacious scandals involving academic fraud and illegal booster benefits. Paterno was fired because he failed miserably about making the biggest decision of his life. Told by a graduate assistant in 2002 that former Nittany Lions defensive coordinator Jerry Sandusky had sexually assaulted a boy believed to be 10 years old in the showers of Penn State's football complex. Paterno did nothing more than inform athletic director Tim Curley and university vice president Gary Schultz of this allegation. Paterno never personally called police, and his son Scott Paterno told the Philadelphia Inquirer on Wednesday that his father never asked Sandusky, his assistant coach for three decades, and who was once considered his heir apparent about the incident. Sandusky, who faces 40 criminal counts involving sexual assaults of eight boys over a 15-year period, has denied the charges. Listen to this. Paterno's inaction allegedly involved one of the most heinous crimes a person can commit, the rape of a child. While Paterno has not been accused of legal wrongdoing, authorities have said he cooperated during the investigation. He is guilty of gross indifference. If nothing else, 
Morally paternal should have done more, and he now conceives that he should have done more. Indifference. Indifference has taken a hold of our society. Not, and I'm not talking necessarily about the immoral sins that certainly are, our nation is involved in. Sexual sins. Stealing, as Brother Larry was teaching on Wednesday, uh, on Sunday morning, uh, the Ten Commandments. I'm, a, I'm talking about something that's so hidden, and it is simply indifference. Indifference. The character of indifference. Notice, if you will, and I have uh, one verse here, verse 48, and I know you guys in the, in the, in the sound booth. But I want to read, if you will, uh, well, I just read it, where the, uh, the servants, the two servants that the Lord left to take care of things, one of the two servants recorded in Matthew 24 had little faith in the speedy coming of Christ and acted with great impropriety and was accordingly punished. So you had two servants. One of them was very active. The other one was certainly indifferent to the coming of the Lord. He didn't say. And there are people that believe that the Lord is coming. The believer does. But what are we doing about it? How, how indifferent? Are we like this evil servant? Are we indifferent to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? Matthew gives warning signs of the end time. Notice these wars, famine, Tribulation. Then in Matthew 24, 37 and 39 that I just read, people will carry on with their daily lives indifferent to God's warning. When we read of that, we hear the wars and rumors of wars and we think how evil man can be. And then we read that they were marrying, giving in marriage, buying and selling. Nothing evil. They weren't doing anything evil. And many believers today, they're not living in a, 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 an evil life and a sinful life necessarily, but they're just indifferent, indifferent to what's going on in our nation, indifferent to the coming, certainly, of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have the character of indifference. Notice number two, we have the example of indifference. No greater story that probably all of us could tell ourselves to our children or grandchildren. It's a good Samaritan. A man was going down a road and he was attacked by criminals and they robbed him. They beat him and left him for dead. Jesus is telling this story how that along comes the priest, a minister. And the Bible says he went by on the other side. Next to follow him was the Levite, and he went by on the other side. They thought maybe he might be dead. I don't know why they didn't stop. Maybe they thought, I'm late for my meeting. I need to go on. Or maybe they thought they would solid themselves or defile themselves. They thought maybe he might be dead, and they were priests and Levites, ministers that worked in the temple, and they did not want to defile themselves. But for whatever reason, these two people that should have cared, cared for someone else, helped someone else, they went by on the other 
side. And most of us know how the Samaritan, the good Samaritan, that he reached out and helped. He took him. He bandaged him up. He put oil and wine on him. He, he doctored this man. He put him on his donkey. It took time. So somebody says, preacher, I don't have time to get involved with all of these things. Really? Really? Guard against that. Guard against indifference. Guard against apathy. And he carried this man, the Samaritan did, to a hotel or an inn, and there he left him paid. Now, that took time. He said, I'm coming back to check on him. Thank God for people that will get involved. Amen? Let me say it again. It takes courage to care. It takes care, courage to care. So we have the priest and the Levites. Let me read St. John chapter 19, if you will, and look at verses 23 through 27. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to each soldier, a part, and also the tunic. Now the tunic was without seam, woven from top in one piece. Verse 24. They said before, therefore among themselves, let's not tear it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which says, they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Therefore the soldiers did these things, did these things. Now, this was a prophecy. Listen to this. 1,000 years before this, and John, I love John's recording of the crucifixion because he includes this happening. So while Jesus was on the cross dying, these Roman soldiers were throwing dice, was gambling. They were throwing dice at the foot of the cross. Can you imagine the indifference? I mean, here a man, three really, were dying and they took time to gamble, gamble for the clothing of Jesus Christ. I wonder what we're doing at the foot of the cross. Are we gambling? Are we taking time? Or are we just saying, well, I'm just indifferent. I'm just, we might not say it audibly. In fact, most people don't say that audibly. When it comes to the church, how are we? Are we indifferent to what's going on? Do we know the happenings in the church or we just show up once in a while and that's it? Are we indifferent to it? We need to know what's going on in the church. We need to know what's going on in people's lives. Amen? Don't be indifferent about it. This is important that we not be indifferent. There was more than just gambling with dice. Some gambled that their mockery, their mockery rather, was justified. Others gambled, not that just their mockery, mockery was justified, but they were gambling that Jesus was just another Jewish criminal. They were gambling their life away. And man today, 
2022 is gambling his life away. But keep in mind, Jesus holds the winning hand. I love that. He holds the winning hand. Jesus' hands were pierced for their sin. Jesus' hands were pierced for my sins and your sins. Jesus was holding the winning hand. So we have the character of indifference. We have the examples of indifference. The Good Samaritan, the Levite, and the priest, the soldiers. Next of all, we have the cause of indifference. I shuddered when I studied this. Let me say it again. I shuddered when I studied these scriptures that I'm about to read for us. Finding as Jesus is speaking concerning the seven churches of Asia in Revelation. John is pinning this. Listen. Listen. So then because you are lukewarm. This is a church of Laodicea. So then, because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have no need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. The Laodiceans represented the most absurd and mis. He calculated himself than any person ever gave. Did you notice the difference? They say we're rich. We got it made. We have need of nothing. But God's opinion of them was that you're wretched, that you're poor. Can you, how is God comparing us today? We look at ourselves, I'm all right. I'm all right. Are you, are you suffering from addictions? I'm all right. Do you need deliverance? I'm all right. Uh, does the family need praying for? We're all right. Have we got a video? I think we do. Basically, it's about I'm good. Be honest here. I'm good. I'm good. My bad. I'm good. I'm the man! I'm good. Ready? No. Men can take anything. I'm good. Except the taste of Diet Cola. Until now, Pepsi. I'm man. good. Everything's all right. The family's doing good. And they're suffering. People won't be honest. People won't seek God. The Laodicean church, we're good. We're fine. Jesus said, mm -mm. I wonder what God's opinion would be of us today. Are we having problems in our home? I'm good. It's going to be okay. No, it's not going to be okay. If we're not living right, if we're living in the spirit with a spirit of indifference and apathy and complacency, it's not all right. The soul, the heart, the life becomes calloused. 
But if we say, okay, I have need of nothing. That's what the Laodicean church said, have need of nothing. So self-sufficiency is the cause of indifference. We're okay. I don't need to go to church but once a month. I don't need to see, go to the church, but, but just, I don't need to know what's going on. I don't need to know. Let me tell you something that's going on in this church. Brother Jerry, would you stand? Brother Jerry, would you stand? That man has been faithful in this church for many, many, many years. As I came in this morning, he was on the bus leaving, driving it. So he had to leave before us, and he got back with all the kids. Stay standing, if you will. Got back with all the kids. And after the service, they'll load on that bus, and he'll take them home. And we'll be wherever we go to eat, eat home or whatever, and he'll just be getting in. You never hear him complain. He's been through some physical, physical problems lately. But he's been faithful. In fact, I got a feeling if you look in the dictionary, you might see his picture right beside him. Faithful. <laughs> but not only that, he drives for ministries. Pastor David Smith has a ministry called Meet Me at the Bridge. And I understand yesterday they had a wonderful crowd. You know what he does? He drives for them. Gerald drives for them. He takes time. Well, uh, no. He has to make a living like you do. Thank you, Gerald. Would you give that man a great hand? <laughs> What's going on in the church? Oh, I don't know. And I'm not even going to go to that business meeting because I'm so indifferent. I'm not going to be at the business meeting. Now, don't you get mad at me. God help us not be like the church of Laodicean. What else creates indifference? Distractions. Mark 4.19. I'm reading the Amplified. Listen. But the worries and cares of the world, the distractions of this age with its worldly pleasures, and the deceitfulness, the false security or glamour. False Security, false security, or wealth, or fame, and the passionate desires for all the other things creep in and choke out the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Two things that create indifference. Number one is self-sufficiency, and number two is distraction. Distractions take you away from your focus. I love what the, the wise man said in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25. He says, keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all the side show distractions. Do we do that? I mean, so much. When I was young, we didn't have electricity. Judy, you remember that. When I was young, we didn't have telephones. Drove an old 54 Chevrolet and it didn't have heat in the cold. And you'd sit on the porch and you'd rock. 
And back then you had time for your neighbor. We were raised on the farm and if there was a catastrophe to another farmer, all the farmers would get together and they'd house their crops. We had time. We don't have time anymore. What are you talking about? We got computers. We're busy. We got vacations. We're busy. The Lord understands. He cares. He knows where I'm at. Yes, he does. Distractions. Are we distracted? And I could name a hundred distractions, starting with the family. We're distracted. And I don't care how, listen, it could be good. I'm not saying they're not good things. But if we allow those things to take the place of Jesus Christ and our relationship with him. Self-sufficiency and distractions. Now, I would not want to go this far unless I brought us to the cure of indifference. Brother, now what can I do? Well, if you'll take this sermon and take these scriptures that I have listed here, you'll see the whole thing is it's wrapped around watching, looking, being ready. How many of us are really and truly looking and longing for the coming of Jesus Christ? Number one. Be watchful, Thessalonians 1, 5 and 6. Therefore, let us not sleep. And he's not talking about physical sleep. Let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Have self-control in your life. Listen, have self-control, be sober. That's what that word means. Don't let other people lead you away. Don't follow other people. Well, they're doing it, brother. On. Nobody shows up this night. Nobody comes here. No, Listen, don't let other people dictate to you and lead you astray. Stop being indifferent. Be watchful. Be alert and self-controlled. Number two, not only be ready, I mean watchful, but be ready. Luke chapter 12, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. And you yourself be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding. That when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Verse 37 of Luke 12, blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find what? Watching. Watching. Waiting. Watching. Therefore, you also be ready. There's that word, ready. Are you ready? For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not. And there's that word next one. Number three, expectation. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. There's a snare there. You think of a snare and trap, you think it's vicious. And Listen, that trap, Satan, will trap you, and he's got, he has trapped so many people 
in that spirit of indifference. It's a snare. And we need to realize that. David wrote over in Psalms 124, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, the enemy would have overflowed. Speaking of water and and the stream, the enemy would have caught us. But now my soul, the psalmist says, is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the enemy. Where are we at today? Are we trapped? Are we trying? Are we trapped? Are we trapped in, a, in, in, in circumstances? Are we trapped in a relationship? Are we trapped? We're trying to get out and we're struggling and said, oh God. But David said, but the Lord is on our side. Put him first. Allow the Lord to speak to us this morning. And I've prayed so hard. Brother David had an re- experience coming on this morning in the car. The Holy Spirit moved in that car. Touched him. He brought it to church. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel say, here it is again, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, this is Israel, not just David, when men rose up against then they would have swallowed us alive. The enemy, Satan, he will swallow you alive. He will destroy you. There it is, when when their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters would have overwhelmed us. The stream would have gone over our soul. Then the uh, swollen waters would have gone over our soul. Now that's changing here. Listen at me. David just said it's a struggle. Oh, listen, it's a struggle not to be indifferent. It's a struggle Uh, Not to be alert to what's going on in the world today. Because we get caught up in these things. We're caught up in all kinds of activities. Good activities sometimes. But here he changes his tune. Blessed be the Lord. Say that with me. Blessed be the Lord. Say it again. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as a prey to their teeth. See. Vicious things. That spirit. That attitude. That complacency. Those teeth grab us. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. God break that snare today. God break that snare today. God move upon us today. Stir my heart today. That's our prayer. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Brother Matt, would you come? Let me tell you something. Peter says, Second Peter, he says that the false prophets, they'll look around and they'll say, oh, he's not coming. You believe in that kind of stuff? You think the Lord's coming? Look at what, he, oh my, we've been saying it for years. When I was nine years old, we said the Lord's soon coming. Now here I am, that's so old. 
I'm going to say, well, I don't know. I don't know. Let me tell you, he's coming. He's coming soon. He's coming soon with joy. We welcome his return. It may be born. It may be night or noon. We know he's come. Stand and sing it with us. Sing it with faith in God. Sing it out. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. With joy. It may be morn. It may be night or noon. We know. You know it. Sing it out one more time. He's coming soon. Sing it. He's coming soon. Oh, yes, he is. Listen to me. Are you really ready for its coming? If he would come today. And even if it doesn't, we're not promised of another day. Oh, that's a thought that should really stir into our hearts. It should really stir into us. If you're not ready, you can be ready. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ, or maybe you have, but somehow you've you become like the church of Laodicea. I'm rich. I don't need anything. I got two cars in the garage. My house is almost paid for. Got a good retirement coming. I'm okay. I'm okay. I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven. But as my, as my heart stirred concerning the coming of the Lord, Help me sing it. Everybody lift your voice. He's coming. Sing it out. With joy.
Now, I want us to come to the altar in just a moment. If you don't know Christ, you can find him in this altar. You can find him there where you are. But it's just good to come and physically say, Lord, I, I desire something today. I desire to know you. Maybe you've sort of slipped with your interest and compassion and concern. We no longer burn on the inside. Oh, God. Our prayers have become mundane. Our service for the Lord has become just a real burden. It's really a great sacrifice to get up and do anything for God. How about it? Are we indifferent? Are we in that place today? I'm going to sing it one more time. Challenge it. Challenge all of us to come. Come down each aisle. Come and stand. He's come. Sing it out. With joy, He's coming. Lift your head. He's coming. Oh, yes, he is. It Now, don't you be like this commercial. I'm good. Brother on you preached a good sermon, but I'm good. Joe, he needs it, but I'm good. Don't be like that. Let's receive from God. If we don't have the, the burning for the lost as we want to stay. I remember, I remember when I was nine years old, I got saved. My granddaddy ran a service station called Pine Ridge Service Station between Faison and Clinton. I couldn't wait to get out to that Pine Ridge Service Station. They lived upstairs. Marion was his name. Audie was her name, Grandmama's name. I went running into that service station, grocery store, <clears throat> ran upstairs because, you know, I, I was burning. I had so much excitement about the Lord and I told everybody because I thought everybody in the world was going to accept what I said and be saved found out different but I had it have you lost yours did you have that burning did you have that desire were you listen there is no joy when I asked Carol to marry me between Durham and her house at the airport, and we were riding down 70 Highway. And I said, honey, will you marry me? And she said, yes. I started to stop the car and run around it. 
I was excited. I was excited when we got our new house. I, I was excited when I got my Volkswagen. I love Volkswagens. I've had five, one comma again. I just, but I was excited. When Felicia came along, I was excited. When Neil came along, oh my, I got a son now. But ain't nothing that compares with when I met Jesus. And he reached over and put his arm around me and said, I love you. I was raised in a home where there was nothing, was nothing but fussing and fighting and cursing and drinking and alcohol. I was raised in a home where the, the gum would be gotten out and you'd be chased to the house. And then when I went to Butler Hill Church and knelt in that altar and Jesus put his arm around me, I felt so secure. I felt so at peace. Let me tell you something. I've not been the best I could be. I've not been a perfect person. But that's never left me. He's coming, folks. I hope he finds you just really on fire for God. For souls. Let me hush. Father, we love you tonight. Today. God, we love you today. God, may your Holy Spirit minister to each and every heart. Put your arms around us again. Ignite, Lord. Stir up the gift, Lord. Lord, it needs stirring. Help us, dear God, to be ready. Help us to be watchful. Help us, dear God, to be expectant. Sing it with me one more time. He's coming. He's coming soon. With joy, it may be more. Someone find the verse, find the scripture in Ephesians where it says, uh, stir up the gift by the laying on of the hands of the presbyter. Can someone get you that you've got a, uh, a phone? I feel like laying my hands on some folks. I really do. Because that's, that's Bible. That's biblical. We have some prayer warriors here, folks. We have people that know how to pray. And they can lay their hands there. I, listen, you say, I don't want to mess up my hair. Listen, they don't care. I don't know. I don't feel like, don't do that. I just want somebody to lay their hands on me. Amen. Brother David Smith, he'll lay his hands on you. Let me tell you about this man. Can I tell you about this man over here? This man has preached all over the United States. He's preached all over country, 
after country. He pastored for years one of the largest churches in this area. There's very few people, and I'd see it in front of him, I'd see it behind him. There's very few people that can preach like this man can preach. He was on the radio for years, and I'd get his tapes and try to copy him. I couldn't do it. I, I tried, but I couldn't. I do at it. He's a man that loves God. And his wife is an angel. You, 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 let me tell you something. His wife is an angel. And I mean, she knows the... Listen, Brother Wallace Yarborough is a prayer warrior. He is... He knows how to pray the prayer of intercession. Standing right here is a lady... When she lays her hands on you, something happens. I was laying in Duke Hospital in the intensive or in, in the emergency room, and I can't tell you all the doctors. Five doctors that were about to do things to me that I would have never gotten over. I was in such pain, I was screaming. That lady right there came in, laid her hands on me, spoke the prayer of faith, and it was almost immediately that pain left. I got healed. I was healed, healed. And I've been healed from that every since. There's prayer warriors here. Anybody find that scripture? I've talked long enough. Joy, say it good and loud, Joy. Okay. <laughs> now, is that scripture or is that scripture? It's scriptural. And sometimes I think we shy away from doing certain things. Now, Brother, uh, Brother Matt, there's a song that you sung earlier. It was a medley. Down at the cross where the Savior died. Glory to his name. I'm going to step out here. You say, well, Brother Don, you're, you're old and you have to have somebody get. I don't care. God don't. The way we feel don't make no difference. Faith is what moves God. Yes. There was a dead man been dead for I don't know how long. Say, throw another dead man in there and hit his bones and that man came back to life. Down at the cross.
am so wondrously saved from sin. Jesus so sweetly abides with there at the cross. Now sing it. precious name glory to his name there to my heart hallelujah praise God Jason did anybody lay their hands on you this morning has anybody laid their hands on you this morning okay uh, I, I feel like somebody should pray for this man. This man loves God. I would tell you his last name, but I can't pronounce it. <laughs> Jason loves God. Brother Wallace, Brother Wallace, would you go over next to Brother Denny and pray for Jason? Receive. Listen. It's one thing to pray. It's another thing. You've got to receive it. Your heart's got to be open. In order to plant that seed of faith, in order to plant that seed into that heart, it's got to be open. Hallelujah. Sing it that way. Sing it the way he's playing it. To his name. Sing the chorus. Glory to his name. Oh, yes, Lord. Glory to His name. There to my heart was the blood of Glory to His One more time. Glory to His name. Was the blood applied? Glory to His name. Can you do holy, holy like we did? You sang a verse or two of it. Holy, holy. The presence of the power of God.
this week and get indifferent now. Stay alert. Believe the Lord's coming. And I pray that each and every person would have a special encounter with someone that don't know Jesus Christ. And God will let you have a divine appointment with that person. And they'll know Christ when they walk away from your presence. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the singing. Oh, God, thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, for the offering and people giving. 
Thank you, Lord, for the message and what you've spoken to our hearts. God, let it just ring, ring in our hearts and lives. In Christ's name, amen. Don't forget tonight, we have our annual business meeting. Six o'clock, thank you. Six o'clock. Six o'clock.